Imagine a pill that can improve your focus, your memory, your sleep. A catalyst to improve your brain chemistry. Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter in an hour pill. A combination of amino acids, trace minerals, and B vitamins, Cognition Plus is made with specialized herbal extracts that will enhance and support brain function. Our customers say, I feel more focused. My memory's getting better. I can work longer with more useful hours. Power up your neurotransmitters that have been depleted, like dopamine and norepinephrine. Simulate the release of others, like serotonin and oxytocin. Improve circulation and energy production. Protect your mind and your loved ones today. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Cognition Plus at 888-212-8871 or go online to NutriMedical.com. That's 888-212-8871 or NutriMedical.com. And listen to the NutriMedical Report on the Genesis Radio Network with open lines every weekday. NutriMedical.com, bringing nutrition and medicine together. This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Welcome back, and uh, we have Harley Schlanger back after three weeks hiatus. He's moved. Uh, we're trying to get a new connection to Lucy, L-U-C-E dot E-U. Hopefully we'll be connecting on that so that we'll, won't have the sound that he, when he's talking, if the sound comes through in our bumpers, they'll knock him off, or if I'm talking, it'll knock off his audio. Because I want people to hear what Harley has to say. Harley, um, you've got some major issues I mentioned after three weeks. The things that I see on the radar, and again, it's different when you're perspective in Germany, in the most important economy in Europe, we have a uh, trade war, not just a brewing trade war, but a trade war with, uh, with uh, China occurring right now. They try to say it's not a trade war, which is silly. Uh, and the Chinese are talking about the nuclear option. We have uh, sanctions against Russia. And I think there's, I looked at uh, Pat Buchanan's letter and other research that I found. I'm very skeptical of the idea that the Russians did this poisoning. It's very sloppy. It was almost done to actually be purposely sloppy to hurt other people. And it doesn't make sense. It's geopolitically stupid to see the Russians doing something like this, just like the White Hats we know made false statements about uh, about uh, Bashar al-Assad using chemical weapons in Syria. So I'm very skeptical that the Russians actually did this. This looks geopolitically one of the most stupid moves anybody would do, especially Mr. Putin running for another election. Uh, and... Uh, you know, it just counterproductive. The man doesn't drink vodka. He's not an idiot. Okay, so, uh, and then I see the sanctions hurting Europe, hurting Russia. Further trying to box Russia into a corner. And Russia coming back with kind of some bold statements about their missile systems and their missile defense systems, which, by the way, they're selling to Turkey as well as bringing down into uh, Syria. Uh, I think this is a very bad move. Now, I like the idea that Trump is trying to continue to have summits and talk to him. But it looks to me like the Congress, with what they passed in sanctions against Russia, uh, especially after the so-called poisoning, and the following uh, suit to uh, Theresa May with these 60 nations, I think it was, or roughly, or two, almost, I think, 150 uh, delegates who were kicked out of, the, out of uh, uh, Russia and vice versa, I think this has the smell of uh, something that, as they say, uh, it's not just uh, bad fish that smells in Denmark. This smells, doesn't it? 
Well, let me start with the Russia situation because, uh, look, the Russians didn't do it. It probably was done by the British. Most likely. Lavrov said that, too. Well, the, the real issue here is not just that Putin wouldn't do it, but that the British would do it. And why? There are a lot of interesting connections here, but it'll take me a minute to go through it. But look, the important thing is that the Theresa May was in big trouble politically. England is isolated. The Brexit is not going to function uh, because it's being sabotaged. They're trying to sabotage the vote of the uh, people of the United Kingdom. So she was in big trouble. So what does she do? The British always lie. Then, and they tried to implicate their chemical weapons lab by saying that they had the evidence. And what came out just a couple of days ago is a guy named uh, Aitkenhead, who's one of the top scientists at the Porton Down uh, Chemical Weapons Lab, said, we have no evidence to show that Russia did it. Right. And this is after May and, and uh, Boris Johnson had been saying nonstop for weeks, Russia did it, Russia did it. Yeah, but they don't, these people are chemical morons. If they had a chemical test on this, they would fail. They wouldn't even get 5 out of 10, uh, 5 out of 100 in the test score. And how can they make it with this kind of fragile evidence? Any kind of indictment in a public court is ridiculous. But that's Same the thing happened. The United Nations actually had a chemical group come in and analyzed after the chemical things a few years ago in Syria, and the same conclusion by the United Nations. They couldn't find any evidence that Syria had done this. So, Bill, the important thing is that the port and down people are not incompetent. They're actually quite competent, and they right. were the ones who said that uh, there's no evidence. We, we can't determine where it came from. And right. They're not even sure exactly what Novichok is. So the well, Novichok is the chemical you're talking about that they analyzed yeah, by chromatography, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. It was actually 22 nations that uh, voted to expel Russian diplomats. Right. Uh, 14 in the EU, uh, the U.S., uh, and another small grouping. Uh, and it was over 130 uh, people who were expelled. Now, here's the important thing. Trump, on the surface, seems to be going along with it. But no sooner did they announce they're going to throw out 30 Russians than they said, however, you can come back with 30 new people to replace them and we'll consider accepting them. And then you're the kidding. Russians, no, that, that just happened two days ago. And then the Russians said they would do the same. So the British are going crazy because they're saying, why aren't you trusting us? Why don't you agree with us? Now, the, in, in Europe, the Austrian government, which is showing a lot of courage. I mean, Austria right now is one of the, the more important governments in the world. They said, we don't see any evidence. And until we see evidence, we're not going to do anything. But even if there is evidence, we're not going to start throwing people out because we believe there should be discussion. Uh, the Italian government coming in uh, said, we don't trust the British. So you have a, a, a growing sentiment uh, recognizing that this has nothing to do with any poisoning, just as Russiagate has nothing to do with any Russian interference in the U.S. election. Now, the other important thing is that the British are going crazy because Trump won't say Russia did it. 
Trump has not said Putin did. Yeah, and should he's not an it. idiot, is he? The man, you can say whatever you want about Trump tweeting back and counterpunching like a professional fighter. He's not an idiot. He's his own man. He can have all kinds of stupid advisors around him, and after a while, he gets so aggravated like Tillerson and McMaster, he just fires them. Right? He's, not only is he not an idiot, he's got a strategy. You know, right. on March 20th, he called Putin. And he, he was told not to call Putin. If you do call Putin, don't congratulate him on the election. Trump called him, congratulated him on the election, didn't talk to him about Russian election interference, didn't bring up the Skripal affair, the, the Russian uh, double agent who was poisoned, allegedly poisoned in England. And the, when Sarah Sanders, the press secretary, was asked about it, uh, she said, well, of course he said he's going to meet with Putin because he believes that the U.S. and Russia should have good relations. Right. So we can come back to this in a moment, but I want to take up this so-called trade war question. There's no trade war. Nothing's going to happen for 60 well, it, days. It's this all proposals. It's all proposals. Exactly. Yeah. It's a negotiating tactic. Exactly. This, again, people don't understand Trump. Trump knows how to do business with mafia construction unions in New York City. <laughs> exactly. The toughest place on planet Earth to negotiate to build anything. And Trump works around them like he's a master. Yeah, you've ever heard this hockey player from Nova Scotia? He actually got a goal last week. And they actually did videos of it. Where actually the uh, puck was shoved into the air. He actually turned around, hit it from behind, and knocked it into the net. This is the most amazing goal. And guess what? If Trump was, his name is Crosby, right? If Trump was a hockey player, he'd be the twin of Crosby. Let's put that way. Well, you know, the, the important thing, again, on this is that uh, there, there are two or three really important things. One, Trump and Xi Jinping have a good personal relationship. Right. Number two, China and the U.S. need each other economically. Well, that's why Mr. Ma was here last year, and he said the exact same thing. Ma built a giant business like Amazon in China, and he looks, he said, I can't make 12 or 14 million more jobs in China unless I make 2 million more jobs in America. And Ma was straight up with it, wasn't he? Yeah, and then the third point is that they need each other because of the North Korea situation. You know, the, the Chinese have played an extremely important role and in, in negotiations with North Korea, the North Koreans are now saying they're prepared to give up nuclear weapons. They're prepared to establish a denuclearized situation on the Korean Peninsula. And this is a complete victory for Trump, which would not have been possible without the collaboration of the Chinese. Exactly. Now, the, 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 the important thing on the, the trade war is that they're using this to scare the markets, to cause panic in Wall Street and panic in, in the markets internationally. But nothing's going to happen for 55 to 60 days. We're on the same page there, and I, I'm really impressed. It wouldn't matter if Trump was there or some other body. The policies that he's putting in place just make sense. And uh, this is a negotiation page. I sent you a link from Jim Records. Records is kind of like beating the drum that there's going to be a disaster, that they're going to do what China did. And China did some things that I think were unwise. Uh, 
One of them was to try to declare cryptocurrencies illegal, which you can't stop because they're basically a non-prime number encryption system, and they're completely. And the Chinese are master hackers. I have Chinese relatives, and I can tell you, my sister's husband is Chinese. These are really smart people, and if they want to get around the Silicon Valley uh, things, because a lot of them are master computer programmers and so on, they're going to get around it. The second thing is that they started doing social rating of their population. They need to stop that, especially collaborating with their uh, Silicon Valley companies, because I don't want to see this spread to China or any other country as a test laboratory for what some future president or administration might do to Americans. So uh, I want to see collaboration where maybe another company like Mr. Moz can come in and compete, where mom-and-pop stores can come back and have their own websites, and we can have some... Uh, kind of fairness in broadcasting and data management, like Facebook can't get away with selling our data to uh, everybody wants to sell us everything on the, on the planet. So if you go search for, uh, you know, a refrigerator, you got refrigerator pictures all over your computer for the next few weeks. Uh, I think that all this stuff could just be handled by common sense. And it's amazing to me that when they built a rink on, uh, in New York City, I guess they go out in the, in the, uh, in the park there, the Central Park, uh, he came under budget before, and they couldn't do it for years, and he got it done in like six months. Trump just gets things done. And people don't like it because they don't like his personality because he punches back. I can see why. Uh, he's managed to deal with the mafia. If I was a mafia, Don, I'd be scared of Trump because he wants to sell you a good deal. He wants to give you a nice, his nice he's not, although he's not Italian, he wants to give you his nice mama's pasta and the ravioli. But if you don't want to make a deal, that, he can just as well walk out the door the other way, and that's why both Xi and Kim are going to make a deal with him, aren't they? Because they realize, hey, the end game here isn't funny. And China can't win if there ever was a trade war, which isn't going to happen, I think. China's smart enough. They don't want to even go there, do they? Well, the, let's go to the from the top. What is it that Trump is actually doing? He has a set of priorities which are the priorities that any sane American leader should have. Number one, cooperate with the other two major powers on the earth, Russia right. and China. Cooperate with them. Don't do what Obama did of, of confront them and, and chip away at them and surround them and put up missiles okay. around yeah. So that's but Let me just finish, Bill. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's the first point. Yeah. Now, second point then is don't obsess about Europe. Europe is going to have to find its way. At this point, Europe is a total mess. And you have in Germany a, a new coalition government, which is the same as the old coalition government, which doesn't function. Uh, Merkel is a complete stooge of the British, as she proved by being the one who tried to strong-arm the whole EU, the European Union, into adopting sanctions against Russia on the Skripal affair. Within Germany, there's growing opposition. Uh, Italy just had an election, and they're going to come up with, a, at sooner or later, an anti-EU government. The, there's rebellions in Eastern Europe. There's rebellions across Southern Europe, Portugal, Spain, Greece, Italy. They're all looking to China. I was in Vienna a week and a half ago, and what was fascinating is that the president of Austria, von der Bellen, and the chancellor of Austria, Sebastian Kurz, are going to China next week with most of their cabinet 
and 170 CEOs of major corporations to do business with the new Silk Road. And what Kurt said is, we got a late start, but we're not going to miss out on this. So you have a shift going on in Europe, and the British and their allies on Wall Street are doing everything they can to try and sabotage it, including running this long-standing regime change operation against President Trump on the completely bogus issues and charges, and two, uh, trying to make Putin into the demon of the universe, when right. in fact Putin is a Russian nationalist who's representing the interests of his population. Here's the biggest irony to me. You've got Theresa May, who, who got one of the lowest vote totals ever for a Tory prime minister, Merkel, whose party was collapsing. Uh, in France, the major parties collapsed. In Italy, all the major parties collapsed. In this insurgency, Putin gets over 70%. And so what do they say? They say it's a fraudulent election. Well, anybody who comes from Russia will tell you the Russian people are happy. They think they're being represented by Putin. They may be suffering because of the sanctions, but they don't blame Putin for that. In fact, they, they like the fact that Putin is standing up and fighting for them. Right. So we in the West are living under a, a, a cloud of lies. Well, and, uh, the cloud of lies is because the British, primarily the control of the British uh, t uh, town of London, the one square mile, including Canary Square, they want to control the world economy and the gold markets. And it's slipping out of their hands, and they realize that the alliance between America China and and uh, and, uh, and Russia might create a new alliance between the BRICS and non-BRICS currencies that will displace them, and that's their problem, isn't it? They have no solution to the real problem of the economy, which is not panic over trade war or panic over Trump's tweeting. The real problem in the economy is that you now have a growing gap between the LIBOR rate, the London Interbank Overnight Rate, and the federal funds rate. And whenever that gap starts to grow, it spells trouble. This is what happened at the end of 2007 leading into the crash of 2008. It's also what happened in uh, 1998 when the Russian bond crisis nearly brought down the banking system. What's happening is that they, there's a demand for liquidity, but when liquidity is made available, it doesn't go to where it needs to go. That is, you need to invest in physical production, in building the real economy. And instead, whatever they do to create more liquidity ends up in a bubble. And so this bubble has created unsupportable layers, levels of debt, including corporate debt, financial debt, uh, the, the consumer debt. You know, the, the credit card debt in the United States continues to grow at a, at a record rate, and the default rate is starting to go up into danger levels. Uh, so that's the real problem. They don't have a solution or an answer to it. The Chinese have shown an ability to create credit without creating a bubble. And when they started to have a bubble, they dealt with it. They dealt with it in an intelligent way. They started uh, putting bankers in jail who were speculating for the sake of their own trading profits against the interests of the country. Right. And he did the opposite. We allowed those bankers to continue to loot well, and then cause a crash. Well, that's like the uh, four minutes of the big short movie. Remember that? They said all the yeah. things that were going to happen. And then they said, well, none of that happened. Nobody went to jail. Nobody had a bad day. Nobody got 
a bad massage, whatever. They just got richer, and the same structural problems are there today, right? Yeah, exactly. Please continue, because I think people should start to understand that what we're seeing here is a master uh, negotiator. Uh, he really is the master of the art of the deal. I think, I think if actually somebody was writing independently about what his book previously was, The Art of the Deal, and showing how his presidency is following exactly that, they'd realize just what a genius he is at negotiating, and that even though he's got some rough edges like Bolton, he's going to get the job done, isn't he? Well, I I wouldn't go overboard on on Trump, other than to say that someone has to tell the truth about what he's doing, and you're not going to get it from his critics and from the media. Right. There are three immediate problems that we run up against with the Trump administration. Right. Uh, one is that Trump himself has not been fully clear on what Russiagate is about, why he's under attack. He has been clear in saying, I, I don't know how many times he said it, it would be a good thing to have a friendly relationship with Russia and not a bad thing. He said that repeatedly uh, because he really believes that. And that's something that's important. But then you have the problem of his political opponents. And I'm not just talking about the Hillary Clintons and the Democrats. I'm talking about his opponents in the Republican Party, Paul Ryan, McConnell. You've got a whole crew of these Republicans who don't understand what Trump represents of the Lincoln American system tradition. The, the, Trump has said this on several occasions. The true Republican tradition is that of Abraham Lincoln, which was anti-Wall Street and pro-production. And it was anti-free trade because Lincoln understood free trade as British economic warfare against the United States. Uh, unfortunately, most Republicans got drank the Kool-Aid of the Chicago School and believe that, that free trade is the solution because free trade means that bankers can make huge amounts of money and can pay off the politicians who support them. That's what free trade is. You know, the, the idea that there's some... That's not, not really free trade, it's control trade, isn't it? Well, it's, it's control trade because the terms are set by uh, corporations who right, have so no interest. They have no with, interest in the country in which they live. Or, right, or which is why the, the transnational intel agencies and these trade uh, deals that are being made by these uh, large transnational corporations, they're trying to pretend that they're actually the government of the world they're not elected billionaires and high officials that are doing this. They're not necessarily good for the world economy or for the stability of the world geopolitically, are they? Well, there's a, there was an interesting confrontation at Davos two years ago when Xi Jinping went there. 
because Xi Jinping defended free trade, but he defined free trade as what you and I would call fair trade, right. which is that you have to take into consideration your national sovereign interests, which actually are not opposed to trade. This is the line that's used by the so-called free trade mafia, that if you're not for the free trade deals, you're against trade. I got news for you. There was a lot of trade before there ever was a GATT or a World Trade Organization. These things were set up to erode the power of national governments to protect the economies of their populations. And so this gets to another point, which is something that Trump understands, which Democrats, Republicans, and the media don't understand, which is that in a republic... There's a national interest which takes priority over private personal interests. This is what our founding fathers uh, believed. This is why George Washington argued against political parties, because he said political parties represent special interests. You need to have the national interest taken into consideration on every policy matter. And so this was the tradition of the founding fathers, the tradition of Lincoln, uh, the tradition that was revived by John F. Kennedy uh, as a Democrat. And this is the tradition they tried to bury with President Kennedy in Dallas and instead go to a one-party system under the cover of two parties. Right, I call, the, I call it the snake party. Do you like that? It's made of republic rats and demon rats, basically two different kind of beasts that actually want the status quo of the transnational intel agencies like Clapper and Brennan, and the corporations that set policy for international trade that is harmful to everybody, even China. China doesn't want this kind of situation, do they? And, of course, the Brits are all behind this because the British, through their projection of the United Nations, are the, literally trying to make a, a proxy world control through the, the city of London, aren't they? That's why this thing, about, this, this thing in Russia about the poisoning is all part of the same game. The same way the British were involved with setting up Mao Zedong and even bringing the Russian Revolution 100 years ago. The Brits are behind all of this, aren't they? Let me, let me bring up one of the interesting <clears throat> factors of the Skripal affair, which has gotten no coverage in the United States, uh, outside of my writing and, and a few of my colleagues. Uh, Skripal was recruited by British intelligence when he was working for Russian foreign intelligence. He was a Russian uh, uh, agent uh, during the period of the Soviet Union, but he was recruited in the 1990s by a man named Pablo Miller. Pablo Miller was the top MI6 recruiter of Russians. Pablo Miller worked side by side with a man named Christopher Steele, who ah. was the... Oh, no. I don't bet there's not a twin of Christopher Steele. This is the Christopher Steele of the dossier, right? Well, let me, exactly. It's the Christopher yeah, Steele. Please continue. This is too funny. Now, Bill, let me, let me finish this point for you because it's fascinating. Uh, Skripal, when he became, when he, he was turned to become a British agent, was eventually caught. The Russians arrested him put him in prison for a couple of years, then pardoned him and sent him off. They, you know, they, they had no more use for him, and they figured he'd be more of a problem for the British than he would be for them. So Skripal ends up in, uh, outside of London, and lives very close to Pablo Miller. Pablo Miller was a consultant for Orbis, which is the company of Christopher Steele. Now, the Daily Telegraph ran a story the other day 
that uh, they went to interview Pablo Miller and they found his curriculum vita online, which said he was a consultant for Orbis. So they reported it, and within an hour it was scrubbed from the Internet. Uh, now, why is that important? It's possible. We don't know for sure yet, but it's possible that Skripal was one of the so-called sources for the Christopher Steele dossier, and that he was going to go public with it to expose the fraud of the British operations. That's why he was chosen to be the person poisoned to run this operation to blame Putin. Interesting, isn't it? Wow. And, and who's behind this? Sir Richard Dearlove. Oh, no. MI6 guy who was the controller of Christopher Steele. When oh, my gosh. This is a very closed loop. In other words, you don't have to go far to make the connections, do you? Well, let me, let me just fill out. You know who Dear Love is, but your listeners probably don't. Right. He was the guy in 2002 who went to Tony Blair with this so-called sexed-up dossier about Saddam Hussein's weapons of mass destruction, where Tony Blair went on national television and said Saddam Hussein could land nuclear material or chemical and biological warfare weapons in London in 45 minutes by a missile from Iraq. Right. This was then given to Bush... And Bush said, see, now we have the evidence, now we're going to go to war. Now, Sir Richard Dearlove was the one who produced that. Uh, Dearlove, later, when he retired, remained in contact with Christopher Steele. When Steele started doing the dossier for the Clinton campaign and began to run into some problems, he went to Dearlove and said, what should I do? And Dearlove steered him to the FBI and to the former British ambassador to Russia, who was a personal friend of John McCain, who gave the dossier to McCain, who brought it to the FBI. Wow. So it is a small group of people who have an intent, which is to protect the interests of the British Empire and their allies on Wall Street in the United States. And wow. I should add, Brussels. Exactly. Whoa. So that's the group. That's a pretty serious indictment. Wow. It's pretty clear now, isn't it? Amazing! Uh, I, I like it's like being professorial class. I listen to Harley Schlanger class. I call it <laughs> because you pull up these ugly facts. Almost like I call it. You're a geopolitical pathologist. You're there with your bone saws and your scalpels, and you got your gloves on, and we got all our masks on. We're sitting around and we're doing a geopolitical autopsy, and you're just saying, "Hey, here's the tumor. Here's the brain section." Here's where their parasite is, and the worm is still wiggling. And you show, like, Christopher Steele, his mentor, and the people managing him, is like, this is so obvious. So when Lavrov says this, you know, I, I'm a study of voices, right? When Lavrov and the Russians say this, they, they're telling the truth. They had nothing to do with this, this poisoning, you know, right? You know, the important thing here is that I've worked with Lyndon LaRouche now for, what is it? It's going on 46 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
Serious. Well, LaRouche is an actual genius because what he did was he took the currents of the most advanced scientific thinkers from Gottfried Wilhelm Leibniz, Kepler, uh, going back earlier to Plato, right. uh, and, and developed their method into one which can be used as a, uh, a method for analysis of culture, science, of history, of languages, and his authority continues to grow. Uh, I mean, it's incredible. Uh, the, there are people in Russia and China who speak of LaRouche as the great American thinker. And there's a reason for it. And, and that is that there's a scientific method to evaluating politics, which has nothing to do with popular opinion, nothing to do with uh, the usual things that go into political analysis. But start from the standpoint of how do societies advance? And you and I have been discussing this now for years, uh, the question, questions such as potential relative population density as a measure of an, of an economy. An economy that's good can increase the potential population that it can sustain per square kilometer because it's improving its productivity. That's the most profound measure of physical economy. Uh, his idea of energy flux density, uh, the idea that he took from Vernadsky of the noosphere, that is the creative capability which is unique to man to make discoveries <clears throat> about nature and well, I think discoveries into new technologies. I think it's also, uh, and you mentioned energy flux density, but he extends us to intelligence flux density and the idea of interactive spheres of intelligence. For example, in the next two or three years, everybody's going to have a P, a personal a digital assistant, soon a personal health assistant that may be attached to body, bioware that can monitor your blood sugar, blood pressure, everything. But everything is moving toward intelligence flux density as well, isn't it? Well, you mentioned something earlier in the program. You were talking about the danger from an asteroid and other bodies in space. LaRouche in 1983, when, or 1984, I'm sorry, after Reagan had adopted LaRouche's Strategic Defense Initiative policy, uh, LaRouche then extended it to what was called, what he called the SDE, Strategic Defense of the Earth. Now, when Putin gave his speech on March 1st and talked about some of the new weapons that are being developed by Russia, Putin wasn't showing off. Putin was saying, look, we can, could have an arms race and we could wipe out everyone on the planet. Instead, why don't we do what Ronald Reagan had proposed back in 83? Now, Putin didn't credit it to Reagan or LaRouche, but that's what Putin knows. Now, then what did Putin say? He said, we have to address the uh, things outside our, our planet that threaten us. And right. so here you have uh, very clearly an understanding of the concept, strategic defense of Earth, based on developing new capabilities <clears throat> from new physical principles. This right. is what LaRouche introduced that has captivated the Russians, the, the Chinese, and also some of the better thinkers in America. Well, I think yeah. these unifying principles, even recently died uh, uh, our, our, our gentleman who had ALS that was the discoverer of black holes, Mr. Hawking. Hawking. Yeah. yeah, and he made, this, he made similar statements, and he, he's an atheist, but he approached it from a logical point of view 
that if we were sending out radio signals out into deep space, we should be very concerned about any beings that might identify us because it's most likely that they're a predator class of beings from another star system. And we should be aware of the space weather is directly integrated with our weather, including coronal mass ejections, which can happen. One that happened just about 25 years ago that knocked out the uh, power system and the power grid distribution from the James Bay Hydro Project to New York and the northeast United States. This happens about roughly every 25 years, and the last big one was the Carrington event, I think it was in 1860, and that was yeah. about six times bigger. And that event, if that happened today, would knock out most of the, the basically the Western world. <clears throat> everything from well, computers to satellite links and everything would be knocked out. We do have these kinds of things to be concerned about, but the point is that what LaRouche uh, took up the question of what is the character of a human being? What is the nature of man? And we're in a fight between two different conceptions of man. One is that of the old oligarchy, uh, which has always been there, uh, whether it was Roman, whether it was uh, whichever oligarchy you look at. But today it's an Anglo-American or a transatlantic oligarchy, which believes that the world is there for, for them. Right. As opposed to... A second idea of man, which is that each human being possesses the capability of the creator, that we all have this, this godlike quality to make discoveries using right. our mind that, that can enable improvements for all of the human race. And also we intuit things that are beyond the range of even the reach of our intellect. And what well, I call the I, I, I don't call it the oligarchy, I call it the oligarchy, so the, the big letter well, I, the oligarchy. Do you like that? It's beyond the reach of our senses. That's right. what real creativity is. We're not restricted to our sense perception. The right. way animals are. We have a quality of intellect, which is our creativity, which goes beyond what uh, uh, people, what, what other animals have. And yet the whole approach of the <clears throat> oligarchy is to reduce people to their animal state. Their right, we also have to start acting like an organism. For example... If the human race and everybody in every nation, even though we have nation states that exist in the future, acted like we're all basically cells in an organism called humanity, we wouldn't have war, pestilence, we wouldn't be using all our technology to build weapons. We'd protect Earth, we'd protect ourselves and be able to adapt to a new world where personal digital assistance 20 years from now may be smarter than us. We'd adapt to a world where a new economy allows for energy flux density, allows an economy to exist, and everybody to get health care taken care of, get their uh, life extension technology, et cetera, the stem cell and organ regeneration. So we'd extend human lifespan because the biggest deficiency on Earth, just like Ray Linden says, is wisdom. It's not power. It's not materials. It's wisdom. And wisdom has to come from people like Linden and yourself and people that say, are we an organism? Or are we just an I, an oligarchy, I call it? Well, this is what Mrs. LaRouche refers to as the new paradigm. Can we get to the point where nations will act for the benefit of each other? and recognize right. that mutual benefit is the higher principle. And, of course, this is totally in keeping with the Judeo-Christian tradition and ethics, the teachings of Jesus, you know, that you, you act for the benefit of the well, other. Well, Dennis Prager said this, you know, he said, just using reason and the boundaries set by the Ten Commandments, if you don't have law and boundaries by a loving God, transmitted through a human race that cares for each other, like Jesus said, love your, love your God with your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, I have a corollary to that. Your neighbor is yourself. 
Well, it's a good way to think about it because the unfortunately the way we do think about things is we break them down by now it's gender identity, it's it's uh, uh, the, the local the, the lowest local common uh, common principle. Phenomenal, exactly. The higher principle of mankind. And this is the fight we have, and this is why we have a problem in the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, uh, in the various institutions. But we also have the benefit now of a president who has the courage to stand up and fight against those people who use those identities to separate people. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm a supporter of of Trump, not the man, but of the person who's putting forward these higher principles. (laughs) Of cooperation. Yeah, I'm supportive of the transformation of Trump, whoever he was in the past, to what he's becoming, <clears throat> which is like a repentant King David, the leader of ancient Israel. That's what I'm supportive of. The, one, the man he is becoming is a great man, a great president, and in the future, a great Christian leader that will remember to not only make America great again, but make the world safe again. <clears throat> Well, people should go to LaRouchePack.com and discover the ideas of Lyndon LaRouche for themselves. I think he's a major philosopher of this age. That's what I believe. Non-attorney pays folks a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life Support is the best complete nutritious meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family.